the reason I like the coaching model is because that really is what coaching is. Coaching is always about how you move forward. Power to Live More with Joe Dodds. Welcome to the Power to Live More podcast, all about productivity, organization, well-being, energy and resilience. I'm Jo Dodds and I started this show to enable interesting people to share their stories about how they use their power to live more and by that I mean to do the stuff that they want to do more than the stuff that they need to or should do. It's about creating a life for yourself where you have the energy, health and space to be happy and fulfilled, spending your time as you'd like, whether that be at work, home or somewhere else entirely. That's your choice. Hello. My name is Ellie Dodds and I'm co-presenter, and today Joe is interviewing Laura Lacey Thompson. Laura is a rapid transformational therapist and a certified life coach. She helps female entrepreneurs increase their income and impact by removing their limiting beliefs, upgrading their mindset and taking inspired action. For busy coaches, consultants, healers and therapists who struggle to break through a five-figure ceiling, Laura offers a dramatic breakthrough in one-on-one coaching sessions. Back to the studio. Today, I'm interviewing Laura Lacey Thompson, who's a rapid transformational coach for women. Welcome, Laura. Thanks for joining me. Thanks for having me, Joe. And it's interesting, in the history of this show, yours will be show 161. I don't think I've had two people of the same name in consecutive weeks, but I had Laura McClellan on last week. So, <laughs> so how strange is that? <laughs> that some... is strange, but it's funny. I've met a few Lauras lately. I usually don't meet any other Lauras, so no. I don't know. <laughs> There's probably some sort of mathematical rule about that, but uh, we won't go there. <laughs> Lovely. So telling us a bit about who you are, what you do, and where you do it. Yeah, sure. So um, as you said, I'm a rapid transformational coach for women. So what that means is I work with primarily female entrepreneurs and professional women, and we work on their mindset. But what's a little bit different about what I do to usual mindset work is I use a combination of coaching and hypnosis and cognitive behavioral therapy. So we work on beliefs and thinking sort of at the subconscious and conscious level. So we're really like clearing blocks that hold uh, women back in their businesses and in, and in their lives, right? Because it's all related. Um, mm. So that is that is how I, that is primarily what I do. Um, you might be familiar with rapid transformational therapy, which is a form of hypnosis. Um, so I'm a certified practitioner in that. And I do it um, primarily online, but I am, in ba- I am based in New York. Right. Okay. And we are recording this at the um, sort of beginning of May. Uh, so obviously, uh certainly I'm in in lockdown I think New York you've had it uh, quite bad over there so I think yes. you're sort of getting out and about but it's, it's quite uh unusual isn't it um yeah it's very challenging yeah so from your point of view the fact that you said you mainly do this online yeah that that was you did that before the this sort of change yes mm-hmm. yeah my business is primarily online yeah, yeah. So uh, not in common with many people who are now scrabbling to to provide yeah. their, their services online. You were doing that already. So I'm really interested in, in hearing a bit more about how that came about. So how how you um, 
became a transformational, a rapid transformational coach, um, and also, you know, why you're doing that online, because a lot of people uh, doing the sort of thing that you're doing wouldn't even consider going online with it. So yeah. um, I'm sure there's a there's a story and a journey there. So please do share. Yeah, there is a journey. So um, I have been a coach for about five years. My background is in psychology and counseling. Um, but I decided to go, I like the coaching model better than the therapy model, because it's forward looking. And I feel like it really can get people moving forward a lot more quickly than therapy. Although obviously, there's a lot of value in therapy. Mm -hmm. um, but so, but when I became a coach, before I became a coach, um, I experienced um, a serious trauma in my life, and uh, it was I was stuck myself, and I and I couldn't move myself forward. I couldn't move my business forward. I was going through a lot of changes in my life. Um, both my parents became ill, so I was caring for them. Um, I got divorced. My kids were leaving for college. Like all this happened within months. So, um, you know, I was trying various things to sort of heal myself. And I came across um, RTT, Rapid Transformational Therapy, and I had sessions with the therapist and it really provided the breakthrough for me. And so I was like, I, I, need, I need to do this for my clients as well. I need to, you know, share this with my clients. So what I did is um, I took the took the training and got certified as a uh, RTT practitioner and have incorporated that into my coaching practice. And the reason I do it online is my coaching business was already online um, just because I, I found it easier to sort of get clients and be able to serve people in all different parts of the country and the world. And I just, I enjoy that. And mm. um, I just, opportunity to serve more people, just a little bit different than the normal counseling therapy model of how you work with clients. And it's worked really well. And I know some of my clients initially say, well, I don't know about doing hypnotherapy online. How, how does that work? Yeah. And it works because of Zoom and the technology we have now. It works very, very well. And in some instances, the reason I like it for clients is they're doing it in the privacy of their own home. So when the session's over, when you come out of hypnosis and the session is over, you're in your own home. It's not like you have to get in the car now yes. and drive. And so in some ways it makes it in some respects um, more powerful and more personal because you're doing it in sort of the safe place, the comfort of your own home. Mm. Yeah, that's a really interesting point on that. And, and yeah, I, I guess there, there may be some uh, sort of, people I was gonna say therapists I don't know how you would whether you'd use that word to describe yourself but you know people who do those sorts of therapies may be listening in this current um, crisis situation having not thought they could do something online and actually that's you know really interesting yeah. to hear and actually gives it a real benefit it's not just because you have to it's because it, there's a benefit you know a real yeah. benefit to it to the client yeah. yeah and I mean I know other therapists not necessarily um, well there are other RTT therapists who do this online and I know some actual you know more traditional therapists uh, have moved their businesses online as well yeah, so yeah. I, I think it for more people, it'll, you know, after we come out of this, it'll be 
more of a permanent way of uh, working with clients mm. for a lot of people. Mm. I think, yeah, definitely. And, and, you know, I guess that sort of seems quite a logical um, conclusion, mm. but I think the point you've just made about clients being in their own homes, actually mm-hmm. there is, there's so much opportunity there. If you, if I just think about people sort of wanting to seek help, mm-hmm. one of the hardest steps is, is, is doing that in the first place yes. and, and yes. to give people a way of doing that where they don't have to leave the house. They don't have to pick up the phone. They don't, you know, they, they just can go and research something online and then have that meeting without having to really do too much else in a physical sort of way. I yeah. Can see that being a real benefit. Yeah. In some ways it makes it a lot easier for people. You're right. Mm-hmm. And you talk, you talked about being more interested in coaching unless the, uh, the therapy sort of yeah. side of things because you say it is more forward thinking. Tell us a bit more about the, the, how you see that difference. Working. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, you know, having done therapy as a therapist and having been, been a, a, a client of a therapist, um, therapy has a lot of value, especially, you know, if you, you have unresolved emotions, but, what happens in therapy, and I've heard this from a lot of my own clients who said, well, I did therapy, but then, you know, I, I talked about my feelings, but then I didn't know what, what to do next. You know, there people are looking for guidance. It's like, okay, now what do I do? I've talked about all those emotions. I'm feeling better. What do I do? And the reason I like the coaching model is because that really is what coaching is. Coaching is always about how you move forward. Mm -hmm. And because I think I have the benefit of, you know, having that psychology and therapy experience, we can work a little, we can work on the deeper emotion while still at the same time moving the client forward towards goals. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, there's not, for me anyway, there's not much point you know, if you're not going to keep moving your life forward. So even though you go through therapy and you clear some emotion, you can still be stuck in a way, maybe not emotionally stuck, but sort of, okay, what do I actually do with this now? Because that behavior, because if we we haven't worked on changing the behavior as well. So what, you know, what I do is we change the beliefs and the thinking, and then we align that with the behavior. So, okay, what is my life? look like now and I'm I'm moving towards my goals of what I'm trying to achieve in my life am I creating a life that looks like what I wanted to so that that's why I like uh coaching and that's and and I find it to be a very and the combination that I'm using is um you know very effective and you you talk about it being for women are there other particular sort of characteristics of the people that you that you work with yeah um, most of the the women I work with are for they're primarily um, entrepreneurs, solopreneurs, um, or some work in the corporate um, environment, and um, they're all sort of at a place in their life where they feel stuck, where they feel they know they know they want more and are capable of more, but really feel like there's something holding them back. And they've tried sort of, you know, for entrepreneurs changing their marketing strategy or hiring a business coach or, you know, whatever it might be. But none of that is working because even though they have the right 
business strategy, they are holding themselves back. They don't implement because we're dealing with like, you know, beliefs about success, about worthiness, about um, money, uh, you know, all that kind of stuff. So because it's, because it's beliefs, beliefs create thinking, thinking creates emotion, emotion creates action, even though you know the action to take, if the beliefs aren't aligned, in many instances, you're not taking it. It's hard for a person to have a fear or a belief. And, you know, people say, well, just do it even though you're afraid. That's challenging for a lot of people to do. So a lot of times we have to work through and clear the fear and the belief at the same time moving forward. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, Mm -hmm. that's primarily how it works. So as somebody who's been working from home and working online for a period of time yeah. before, you know, needing to now, how, <laughs> yeah. how do you sort of organize that? How do you set up your, your days and, and yeah. um, how do that, does that work with the clients as well? Yeah. So I, um, I sort of lay out my week in, in uh, there are certain days where I'll just work on my own projects, but primarily, um, you know, people can, can uh, use a calendar link to to book an appointment with me and i usually see clients you know a few clients in the morning a few clients in the evening um i may, i try to make it as easy as possible for them and for me and now it's just it's as if you know you were coming to my office to see me it's i have it organized in a very similar way the thing is i don't have to commute yeah and um and neither do my clients so um it works really well and i've been like i said i've been doing this doing it this way from the beginning of my business so it's uh it's just the way it happens it's Mm -hmm. you know i don't really think about it as being different anymore no and how do you sort of keep that division between uh sort of personal home life and and work because it it can be quite easy to slip into booking people in at all hours can't it (laughs) yes and and I will tell you at the beginning I did do that right when you're starting a business you're like well if somebody wants to be my client I'm going to see them (laughs) whenever it's convenient for them so you really have to create a boundary there and it does require discipline but like I said I have specific hours on my calendar that's when I see clients you know occasionally you'll have someone who can't make it work and then you just and then I decide whether or not I'll make an exception for that person Um, I have a you know an office set up in my home and uh, when work is over I shut that down and close the door and leave it behind so it's really about sort of creating the physical boundary, the time boundary, and, um, you know, just creating that space. This is work, but when work is over, you know, physically Mm -hmm. leaving that space and not, um, and not really allowing for, for it to just seep out into my entire (laughs) life. It's pretty easy to do that, but I've gotten better at it, obviously, since, Mm -hmm. um, as long as I've been doing this. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So how do you go about getting done what you need to get done? I think one of the challenges when you're uh, a coach or somebody who Mm -hmm. works with people sort of one to one, even when you do get to do that from home. And so you've got, you know, bits of time between sessions and so on. It's it's quite 
I, I've certainly noticed that I've picked up quite a lot of coaching just as we were sort of going into this situation, yeah. which is, you know, has been really fortunate for me, other than the fact that everyone else is, not everyone, but, you know, lots of people swanning around saying I'm learning how to, you know, I'm learning a new language. I've, I've got all my knitting out of the cupboard that I haven't done for years or, or whatever. Right. And I'm thinking I've got no time. And I know that I'm not <laughs> coaching every hour of the day, but it feels like in the gaps, you know, if I've got an hour between clients that I don't... <laughs> utilize that hour sometimes which makes it feel like that's the whole afternoon gone and, and I didn't really get anything else done so how do you make sure you get things done around the fact that you're you're talking to your clients and that and that doesn't sort of mean that you drift from client to client and don't get the things done or is that maybe just me <laughs> um you know I try the way I try to treat it is as if I were leaving my house to go to work. Okay, right. so this is my work time. So even if I have a break in between, I'm usually doing something work-related, and then mm. outside of my work hours is when I do other things, as yes. if I was like, okay, I'm home from work now. So, mm. um, and, and I'm sure there are other ways to do it, but I don't, at first, I, I thought about, okay, I have this hour, I really need to, get something done. I've sort of dropped that whole mm. approach over time because A, it's stressful. B, it ends up being not really productive because you do, especially when you're talking to clients all day, you do just need some downtime. Yeah. I do anyway to, to sort of process in order mm. to be feel like I can give them my best. And if you're talking to several clients a day, you want to make sure you have the bandwidth for that. So um, I don't really try to get stuff done during my work hours. I pretend, okay, I'm home from work now. What, other, what else do I want to do? And that works well for me. But, you know, it, it evolved into that. It wasn't like that at the beginning. No, no. I think, yeah, it's a really um, interesting idea, as you say, to make it very much uh, the going to work bit and that chunk of time is work yeah. and then everything else isn't sort of thing. Yeah. No, yeah. Really, really and I know that's harder because, um, you know, I don't have children at home mm -hmm. and I know other entrepreneurs are the women who are working online and they do have their children home now. And I know that that is a more challenging proposition. Yeah. because yeah. Uh, you have to deal with the needs of, of children. But for my situation, I don't have to deal with that. Mm. Yeah. And what about technology for getting things done? What sort of tools and apps and sort of task yeah. lists and things like that are you using? Yeah, well, Zoom is my best friend. Yes. <laughs> that's for sure. Mm -hmm. um, I, I Zoom, I use, uh, for people to book me, I use Acuity. Mm -hmm. booking yeah. system and I've used that for since I began and I really like it it works well for me um, I use Facebook Messenger and Facebook obviously live to do you know for content and to do live videos to communicate um, with the groups that I have and and the um, followers I have online uh, let's see what else do I use uh, I use Aweber for emails communication yeah um, me too yeah yeah There's all these I'm, trendy new ones but you know i've been with aweber a long time in fact i'm just about to be a certified aweber consultant wow 
Wow. Yeah, I've had the ones I've been using, and I guess it's like that's the one you're comfortable with. That's the one I've been comfortable. And everybody, when people say, oh, you should try this this app or this one, I'm like, no, I'm really happy with what I have. I don't want to change it. So um, those, so the primary things I really use are AWeber to to send emails um, to my community. Acuity for booking and Zoom for, you know, doing the actual sessions with my clients. Those are the three that I really can't live without, I would say. Yes. Yeah. 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 It's interesting on the, the sort of tools front. I um, I signed up on something recently, a guy called Mike Philsame, who's a sort of longtime internet marketer, has got a new uh, system that allows you to have a sort of shopping cart and there's going to be lots of other things in the end where you can you know run your webinars and all that sort of stuff from it and um I signed up because it was free to begin with and I just thought I'd you know have a look at it and then I was thinking about it only yesterday that in order to do that I'd have to sort of drop Aweber I'd have to you know drop some of the other things that I do I'd have to change my processes and I just thought oh you know I just haven't got the time the inclination or the need to do that um, but it's interesting because when that when new new software comes out that could actually you know tick a load of boxes or you know add further bells and whistles that you don't have in another way or do it in one tool rather than across five that you have to join together and all that sort of thing you know that sort of development of, of technology that could be useful is is worth sort of looking at but you can get so bogged down in you know switching or learning something new and and all that sort of thing it's interesting isn't it to 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 um to to just think that that often we end up getting all excited about something when we could just stick with what works and we don't need to move forward but then you worry that you know the world's moving on and you're not with it (laughs) yeah yeah I mean that is but but for me because I I wouldn't say that I'm a particularly technical person Mm -hmm. and it maybe for some people who could learn that kind of thing quite easily uh, but for me, it becomes not worth the time because yeah. I feel like the way I have it set up is very efficient and works for me. I mean, I would definitely like there's things that you have to add on. Like I use Vimeo for um, posting any videos that I do. And there's things I've had to learn along the way. But like as the primary way of doing business, I'm, it would take a lot to get me to change at this yeah, point. Yeah, exactly. That's interesting. You know, I think about that in relation to Zoom. You know, I remember when that first came along and a few people were raving about it and I was using, for the for these calls, I was using GoToMeeting. Yeah. And, and I was like, oh, I really don't want to use, want to use Zoom. I don't want to learn it. And I, I went on to a couple of other things where I remember being on a, a webinar where I was being, I was the presenter and I'd, I managed to switch off the video, but I didn't switch off my camera. So I thought the audience couldn't see me, but they could. So <laughs> a whole hour not looking at the audience at all. It was like, it was not my finest hour. And, well, uh, and, and it really put me off. And then I thought, oh, I'm, I'm not going to use Zoom. I'm never going to use Zoom. And of course, now <laughs> everyone's using Zoom and, uh, yeah. and I am using it. And I've swapped over. I, I still really like GoToMeeting, but I just couldn't justify paying for both platforms yeah. when I needed you know some of what zoom did that i couldn't get on go to webinar without paying sorry go to meeting without paying you know substantially more so right. it's interesting you know that some things do suddenly make themselves essential and i guess zoom yes. is one of those things at the moment isn't it oh absolutely i i don't know no one's doing business without it really 
so mm, mm. apart from all the governments who are now too frightened to use it although i keep saying i keep saying that um <laughs> with all the security uh releases that they've made over the last few weeks it's probably the most secure of everything now because <laughs> they're addressing all the issues because they're having to but uh, yeah that's probably my naivety <laughs> well i i mean maybe i don't know but i i never really worried about it but obviously they've had to change the way they work because of yeah. how many people are using it now and the yeah. security yeah. issues yeah i think i said i've said on one of the earlier shows that when we first went into lockdown my mother-in-law's uh, book club uh, decided they were going to give zoom a try so they're all sort of ladies of a certain age probably over over 75 and uh, she'd used it the first time and then of course all the sort of security stuff kicked off and the next day she said to me Know, well do you think it's okay apparently there's some security issues and it did, <laughs> it did make me smile that uh didn't, didn't think we'd be worrying about uh, people hacking into their book club <laughs> oh that's so cute that's funny <laughs> <laughs> but that's um, great that they're using it that's yes, great yeah yeah exactly although of course it's like you know i get the sort of microcosm of all all the the funny stories we have about zoom when she comes back to you know telling me that somebody couldn't get in and somebody else had a lampshade growing out of their head and somebody else <laughs> was trying to adjust the camera so that their double double chin wasn't visible and all that sort of stuff so all her angst and and their angst is the stuff that i have lived with for, <laughs> for yeah yeah so do you have other people that, that help you with your business? Do you outsource anything or, or have other sort of... I, um, I have a VA who, I, who works mm -hmm. part-time with me. Yeah. Um, other than that, it's really just me. I have worked with, um, you know, sort of in trying to approach marketing and things like that. I've hired coaches and mm -hmm. consultants to help. But, you know, that's for a limited amount of time. Yeah. Uh, but just day to day, um, you know, I've tried to design my practice and how I work. I, I've kept it pretty simple so that, yeah. um, you know, my goal was never to have this huge coaching empire. Um, I like doing one-on-one -on -one work with clients because mm. I, I feel the connection you get with someone one-to-one -one and, and the, um, you know, you can dig a lot deeper with people one-to-one. Mm. -one. Mm. So I prefer to work that way. So because of that, I've kept it really simple and it's thus far not required me to, you know, have a lot of other people um, working with me. Like I said, mm. I've, I've hired coaches for things like marketing yes. because that's not my forte. Mm. Um, <laughs> but other than that, no, it's, it's, uh, you know, the, having the system in place and having the, the, the technology in place has made it pretty simple to mm. just keep going it alone. You mm. know, mm -hmm. I, I, I really, I'm, I don't want to say I'm comfortable with it, but I am and it's working. And so mm. until it doesn't work, I won't change yes. it. <laughs> yes, no, exactly. And, and, and you talked about how you did make changes in the beginning around your sort of working practices and so on. Yes. Is that something that you're, very aware of, of sort of reviewing and, and doing something about or, or does it take sort of something quite painful to go wrong you know a, an issue to sort of make you think about doing things differently yeah um yes uh, at the beginning it was just what is going to work and not knowing what was mm -hmm. going to work um if my clients there were 
I'll change things if I notice like several clients are bringing up an issue about something not working or yeah. they need something else in order to, you know, in order to make this work the best for them. Mm. And, and if it's, it, it's sort of, I hear a few clients saying the same thing, right? Mm. Mm. Um, then I would change. Or if I personally am feeling like um, it's, um, you know, energetically, it's not feeling really good for me anymore, or I'm not sort of able to give my full focus and attention to clients, then I'll sort of examine it and say, okay, what, you know, what needs to change? And usually it's not about how I do work, but it's more of a personal thing that maybe, you know, Mm. I need to sort of go out and exercise more. I need to, you know, have more social time with friends or something like that. So usually it's more around me personally. Mm -hmm. And then, yeah. I thought it was a really good point, the thing about um, your energy, how much energy you feel for something and whether that's, you know, waning and you need to then do something differently. I, yeah. I work with a, a, a volunteer mo- movement in the UK and we always say that we go where the energy is. And I yeah. think that's one of the key things as, as, a, as a solo entrepreneur is actually to be aware, you know, if you're doing something that you absolutely hate or you're doing something that Mm -hmm. fills you with dread or that just doesn't feel right or whatever then you know that's the time to to examine and make the change if you you know haven't done that sort of automatically already but so many people I think carry on you know banging their head against a brick wall or hating a certain element of their business and then and just don't do anything to to change it yeah yeah and I think people I don't know I think some people have the mentality of it's supposed to be a struggle like that like they're supposed to feel it's a struggle and that's sort of the work that I do is like no 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 you know you're (laughs) it's supposed to feel good not be be a struggle the other thing I think that really helps me is I have a few other women who are coaches and entrepreneurs um and I stay connected with them so bounce things off of them you know what do you Mm -hmm. this is happening what do you think about this have you been experiencing this and just having a few people in a similar situation that you can sort of just connect with and chat about it and bounce things off of that really helps too mm-hmm. absolutely so you mentioned uh, maybe if for example you need to get more exercise or something what, what about how you sort of look after yourself I mean obviously we're in a different situation at the moment yeah. although you said you you have a dog which I think in, in this uh, lockdown is actually quite fortunate. My uh, friends is. in my friends in Italy when they were first on lockdown, they were only allowed to go, I think, to the local shop, uh, literally like the local corner shop, and they were allowed to walk their dog. And uh, they said that their dog was like the most popular animal in <laughs> the street because to begin with, they just used to um, lend him out. Yeah, um, but uh, yeah. So you—that's one of one of the ways that you keep yourself um, fit and healthy. What sort of yeah. other things do you do? Uh, I play tennis, although I'm not doing that now. Um, no. I love tennis; it's my favorite sport, and I really miss it because it's not on mm. TV; it's nowhere. Um, mm. So I I do do that. I play tennis in a league, um, and that that's nice because that's very social as well. Yes. So um, I really enjoy that. I'm kind of a competitive person, so I like playing on a team and competing. Um, I'm competitive in some things, but 
really not in others. So that's one of the things, and I, and I love tennis because it sort of, not only do I get exercise, but it's, it's social, it, you know, it's challenging, it's something that you're never ever gonna be able to master. So mm -hmm. trying to get better is really um, interesting and challenging. Yeah. Um, so I do that. Um, my more, I have a morning routine where when I get up, the first thing I do is I journal. I do something called morning pages where you just write three pages in a journal and mm -hmm. it could be about anything. Um, so I do that. My, my routine is I do that in the morning before I get out of bed and then uh, get up, throw on whatever clothes are available and take my dog for a long walk. <laughs> um, and then come back and sort of start the day. So how did the morning pages come about? I, I know there's a book about it. I've, yes. I've um, just done a, a whole series of blog posts about journaling and morning pages came up as part of that. But yeah. how, how did that come about for you? Because I, I think for some people it's just a bit daunting, regardless of whether it's good for you or not. The idea of writing three pages every morning at least. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, yes, it, it does feel daunting. But I have been journaling on and off for a long time. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, the, the, the part of my life I talked about earlier where I was sort of, it, it was traumatic and there were a lot of challenges. And I, felt, and I found that sort of using journal prompts and writing about a specific thing, with, I, I actually found that more difficult because my mind was sort of uh, all over the place, really, mm -hmm. a little bit. So what I liked about, so I found, I read about morning pages, and I looked into it, and I was like, oh, I'm going to try this. And what I liked about it is that it, does, it didn't matter what I wrote, whatever was in my head, I could get it out of my head and just write it down. And there was no, like, I had to think about pondering a deep question about my life, because there was so much of that going on in my head, I just wanted to write things down. And so yeah. it, it only takes, it takes less than five minutes to write three pages in a, in a journal. So, mm. so um, personal question here then from me, because I've, I've done yeah. daily gratitude where I've done like three things I'm grateful for every day. Yeah. And I get to the stage where I, um, I, I get a bit repetitive with it. And yeah. sometimes I do it, and for a while and then I stop again because I, I'm feeling like I'm just regurgitating the same things and I haven't done lots of it whilst we've been uh, in lockdown um, probably mm -hmm. for the, the same sort of reasons although yeah. I am very grateful for lots of what I'm uh, experiencing um, but um, it strikes me you know if I if I struggle with the idea of repetition when I'm only writing three lines yeah. <laughs> how, how does it work when writing three pages? <laughs> um, sometimes it is the same thing you know, but, but I take that as sort of, um, if I'm writing about the same thing, whether it's, um, well, if it's something good, then I just sort of, yeah, this still feels good to me. So I'm just going to yeah. write about this. But if, it, if it's something that um, keeps coming up and I haven't resolved, I know it's, it, I'm still processing it and maybe mm -hmm. it's something I need to look at a little more closely or maybe change my perspective on or um, talk with somebody about that. Uh, but it's funny that it doesn't, after, I, I think the part of the, what you're talking about with journaling is that we kind of put a little pressure on ourselves to like write something super interesting. Yeah. <laughs> And if we don't, if it's just the same thing, we think that, oh, that's, 
it's supposed to be something else. Yeah. And, I, I, and I think this is so true in so many parts of our lives that we think it's supposed to be something else. And when it's not, that's when we don't feel great. So I think the trick is, or not the trick, but the, the benefit and how to get the most out of journaling is to not really judge what you do or what you yeah. write is just to just, okay, this is how I feel. And I think when you release that, you're able to go deeper and other things come up when you just say, well, whatever it is, it is. Mm. Um, and I'm just going to let that happen and without any judgment that, oh, my journaling isn't really very good or my gratitude, I should have more things to be grateful for. It doesn't matter. And I suppose the reality is no one else is going to read it. So it really doesn't matter. Yeah. Does it? it doesn't <laughs> matter. It <laughs> yeah. And, and sort of, so you ask the question is, you know, you could start to ask different questions just about sort of, you know, why, why is this coming up for me again and again? And sort of an opportunity as an opportunity to look a little deeper at certain things. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So what about, um, sort of learning and, and improving yourself and keeping sort of on top of your sector, if you like, not the sector's not yeah. for it, but your, 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 uh, your rapid transformational work. That's yeah. Probably the, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to generalize. How, how do you keep, keep up speed on all of that stuff? Yeah. Well, I'm the kind of person that, um, I, if I could, I would just for my whole life have gone to school really. I've been just a student forever. Um, so I, I'm naturally a person who seeks out to learn. I listen to a lot of audible books that's, or, and I listen to a lot of podcasts. Yeah. Um, I, I do that. I, I do read a lot as well, although I have to say I don't read as much as I used to. And it's a sort of on my list. I want to go back to just reading books instead of listening to them so much. Yeah. Um, but, but I just, I'm just naturally inclined that way and sort of audible. And, you know, there's a lot of podcasts out there um, to listen to. So, but mostly I, I, uh, I find books that um, are either in the field of psychology or mindset or what, what in that genre of books and just listen to a lot of books mm -hmm. and read a lot it's of books. It's funny. I um, I used to listen to a lot of podcasts. I, I've never been able to really listen to books. I think it's because I have to, when I read books, I read full chapters and mm -hmm. the listening doesn't work that way because I'm often, you know, doing something that's taking longer. So I get halfway through another chapter and then I can't stop it. All that sort of yeah. stuff. It's, it's weird. But then I, I've also, I thought I do a, I was about to say I do a podcast. That was a silly thing to say, as I'm in it at the moment. Um, <laughs> I, I was thinking that the podcast listeners would probably go up during the um, sort of lockdown time because people. Would I would think more so. Time. Yeah, I've I've noticed it's the opposite, and I'm not surprised now because I've listened to far fewer of my podcasts during. The really? Time. Yeah, and I, you know, I'm not. As I said, I'm not one of the people who's had lots of time to do, you know, hobbies that. I haven't done for years and everything else anyway. Right. But I also think that I listen, you know, like I listen when I go walking and I listen when yeah. I go into London when I'm on the train and things like that. And I've lost those opportunities. So I, I think yes. I have to make more time to listen and I've got less time. So unless I sort of, I don't know, when I'm cooking, I 
remember to listen I, I'm not listening to very much at all and I think possibly I'm not the only one looking at you know the figures on the podcast at the moment yeah that makes sense right because you listen to those when you're commuting mm. or out walking yeah that would make sense mm. Mm. and people like you say like oh, we're going to do a puzzle we're going to play a game we're going to knit we're going to do people are looking for more other things to do where before yes. they just wouldn't think that way no, and I guess the other thing I hadn't thought about, I'm just reflecting now, is it's not it's not a generally a social thing to do. It's a, a an independent thing to do. So if there's a whole load of you in your house, right? Unless everyone wants to listen to the same podcast, right? Not not have the opportunity. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm, the amount of times I have to switch off uh, Radio Five Live or oh, I don't know some other awful radio station that uh, my husband listens to <laughs> in the kitchen. <laughs> So it's a bit like, uh, you know, I go down, I turn it to Classic FM. He comes down, he turns it back to whatever he was listening to. I go down, I then turn it. Yeah. <laughs> and then he comes down and she puts it onto some sort of pop music. So it's, uh, who's in charge of the Alexa today? <laughs> oh, gosh, that's funny. <laughs> Lovely. So we've got to the last couple of questions. Firstly, what about those days when it all goes horribly wrong and mm. things aren't going so well? How do you deal with that? I kind of just... I try not to fight with it and just surrender to it, really. Um, I had a day like that, to be honest, yesterday, where it's just, I woke up and it was like, mm, no. Uh, the only thing is when I have clients, obviously, um, I have to do something to make sure that I'm present for them. Yeah. Um, and then that's what I'll do, like either a little bit of a mindfulness exercise or just to get myself present. But the thing is, when I when I talk to my clients, once I get started on the phone with them, I, I'm because I'm, I have to be so present with them, whatever else is is bothering me or not going well for that period of time, I can just release it and it's gone. Yeah. Um, but I what I used to do is I was like, okay, you, you got to make yourself feel better. But now um, because of what I've learned just from what I've been through and, you know, doing this work for a long time, I just, however I feel is how I feel. I don't hang on to it, but I just let it come and go. Mm -hmm. And usually mm -hmm. it'll resolve. I think that for people when they, they have, they, they have sort of difficult emotion. Um, they try to, get rid of it as fast as possible because um, yes. uncomfortable. No one wants to feel that way. But mm -hmm. I think that's where, um, that's where long-term issues actually sort of could sort of dig in for you because you've got to, what I've learned in mindfulness and doing hypnosis is you've, you've got to accept it, allow it to come and process it and then let it go. Um, but if yes. you're just avoiding it or pushing it away, that doesn't work. I always take that kind of emotion as a signal of, okay, there's something I need to sort of look at. Yeah. And so let me just let it be there and see what comes up. Yeah. 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 That's interesting. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm just, I'm trying to remember, I was thinking Easter weekend, but that doesn't feel like it was right at the beginning of this scenario, but I think it was then. I think it was good Friday. I just literally mm -hmm. didn't get up until I don't know what time. And I read a whole book. And my husband came in and I said, I said, enough, I'm just reading my book. And he's like, right, that's going well. You know, I don't know what else I can do really in this current sort of situation. Right. And he was like, yeah, point. 
<laughs> that was the first time I'd read a whole book in a day in, in years because n- normally, you know, you've got so much to do and right. you're always hustling and stuff. And yeah, I just gave myself that time because I didn't really yeah. know how I felt about the world and what was going on. So I just thought I'll just hunker down and read a book. And that was yeah. funny. Yeah. And I, and I think that, you know, just I think if you can trust that and just like, you know, allow yourself to do and be however it is that you're mm. feeling that day mm. that that ultimately that that works best yes. it becomes a problem if you sort of get stuck there yes. um, <laughs> but I think the stuckness comes my experience is the stuckness comes from sort of pushing it away and then sort of raging about it and then pushing it away and then you know so you're 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 in conflict with it when mm-hmm. rather than just saying, okay, this is how I feel today. So we're going to go with this. I'm going to stay in bed and read a book. Yeah. 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 I think in some ways it feels more sort of doable with resolvable or, or whatever. If when you sort of rationally acknowledge that to yourself as well, I think yeah. you, that I mean, people say, don't they give yourself permission when you, you know, when you do sort of um, make that decision, I think that mm-hmm. that can be really helpful as well. Yeah, I, you know, I, it's what I was talking about before. If people, when they want it to be a different way than what it is and they fight against it, that's when mm-hmm. we feel stressed and we feel anxious and we get afraid. And um, because there's, and I know, and I know this is true in, I used to live in England and my, actually my daughters live in England. So um, there's this sort of, British mentality of we're just going to carry on, right? Mm-hmm. No matter how we feel, um, and um, that's not always helpful. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's interesting that one of my frustrations at the beginning of all this, before we had the sort of um, instruction to to not go go out, is that I live yeah. in a town where there's a lot of older people, yeah. and uh, as you walked in town um that week when you know no one had really been told to do anything about it but we were all sort of getting the message it was all the older people and i, I kept saying to everyone it's the keep calm and carry on brigade they're just yeah all the people who lived through the war they're, they're just carrying on as if there's no problem and, right uh, it was uh, quite interesting to see so but yeah so it was a bit of a, that combination of the, the the britishness and the uh the keep calm and carry on spirit yeah yeah, absolutely. So, um, yeah, it's it's interesting because being um, being from New York, which is sort of we we sort of let our emotions out a little more easily. Um, but it's but like I said, I lived in England for a time, and, and my daughters lived there, and it's it's culturally there there is a big difference with how people sort of process their emotions and what they yeah. allow themselves you know to acknowledge or express it's interesting yeah. yeah yeah so the last question is what about those days where you get to live more and that's where i talk about getting to do more of the things that you want to do and mm-hmm. less of the stuff that you don't want to do what do those days look like for you um the thing i those things are less uh, on those days it's more talking to my clients, um, mm-hmm. making connections with people. Um, the, I, you know, all the other stuff that comes along with being, um, you know, having your own business, the things we talked about, systems and technology and all that, uh, I can find that to be sometimes a little bit draining. 
but mm. um, the energy for me comes and I feel like I've really done something valuable is when, you know, you, I have those moments with clients where they have a breakthrough and mm. um, to know that sort of, I, I help guide them in that direction. That feels really, that feels really important to me. And that's the most satisfying thing for me. The other thing outside of work is I love to travel, which obviously I cannot do now. And, um, <laughs> you know, the thing that I, lo- I love is just um, being, being someplace that I've never been before and sort of encountering the cultural, the culture and the people in yeah. someplace new. I find that really, I don't think there's anything better than that. No, no, no. Oh, well, fingers crossed that we'll be able to do that again soon. Yeah, I really hope so. <laughs> so thank you, Laura. It's been great interviewing you today. Really lovely thank to have you. a conversation with you. Tell people how they can find out more about you and connect with you. Yeah, so anybody who would like to connect with me, they could go to my website, and it's just lauralaceythompson.com. Um, also, I'm on Facebook Laura Lacey Thompson. It's pretty yes. straightforward. <laughs> um, <laughs> but my website is the best place to sort of um, make that connection. You can see what kind of work I do and you can reach out and um, we can have a chat about, yes. you know, whatever it is you're interested in. Yeah, lovely. And that's that's Lacey without an E, isn't it? Because I without an e, would with have a hyphen. done that, yeah. And then Thompson with a P. <laughs> Correct. Yeah. <laughs> lovely. Thank yeah. you, Laura. All right. Thank you, Joe. Great to talk to you. This information is available in the show notes. If you go to powertolivemore.com forward slash, in this case, 161, then you'll find them there. And this week, I just want to mention Counterpoint Networking again, which is my online networking group that meets every Monday at two o'clock British summertime for an hour although I'm around for the hour following that if people want to carry on chatting. We had a really good meeting this week and we had an opportunity to go into breakout rooms and meet as many people as we could and have a conversation with them. We did some learning. I shared some resources around how you can sign and complete PDFs on your computer rather than having to print them off and fill fill them in by hand and scan them and everything else and also about how to create email signatures and some of the attendees had some uh, recommended apps as well so we've shared those in the uh, the Canterbury Networking membership site uh, too so uh, we did a bit of learning and then a half of about half the group stayed around for about half an hour after the main meeting finished catching up and having one-to-one conversations with people that they particularly wanted to develop a bit more of a relationship with so it worked really well this week if you're interested in finding out more please do go to counterpointnetworking.co.uk and you can register for the next meeting if you'd like to come which is on monday the 8th of june or if you're listening to this later then it should be on the next monday to whenever you're listening to this so that's counterpoint networking and then the other thing to mention briefly is uh, an event that i'm involved in that kicks off on saturday it's an online training event or online learning event should i say called click seminars it's born out of uh, an event that used to be held live uh, in real life <laughs> back in the day uh, a number of years ago uh, and it was a team of people who went around the world 
bringing together some great speakers to talk about basically online marketing in one shape or another. And they used to run four day events in all sorts of places like London and America and Australia and so on. And they haven't done that for a while. And then uh, in recent weeks with the lockdown situation and the world changing so much, Tom Hua, who heads up Click Seminars, decided to set that up and run an online version of what used to happen in real life. So it's happening over seven days. It kicks off on Saturday afternoon, UK time, and it'll be a whole group of speakers from all around the world. So we've got a whole global group of speakers who are speaking and they're talking about all sorts of aspects of starting an online business or running an online business better. And so that'll cover things like uh, trading, Kindle, uh, coaching businesses, how to decide what business to run, how to write a book, all sorts of topics. So if you're interested in learning and uh, signing up and finding out more about online business, then you can go to powertolivemore.com forward slash click seminars and you'll be able to register there. There are three sessions every day for the, the seven days and we've just actually been talking about three more speakers that we're going to add in potentially to make that even more good value for the week. And once the speakers are live and you have access to their talk, you'll get continued access for the remainder of the week. So if you're not available to listen at that particular time, then there will be plenty of time to catch up on the learning throughout the week. So really exciting. And it's actually come together really quickly. It's uh, an idea that was only um, hatched a few weeks ago. So it's been interesting to see how quickly we can pull it together and deliver a really professional learning experience for you. So if you're interested, go to powertolivemore.com forward slash click seminars and I'll see you there next week. And the show notes for the show are at powertolivemore.com forward slash 161. We look forward to speaking to you next week. Use your power to live more. 